CabanaDeprived.com is proud to present Top 8 Magic Podcast with Michael J. Flores and Brian David Marshall. Brought to your ears thanks to FaceToFaceGames.com. Brian David Marshall, how the hell are you? I'm great. How are you, Mike? Uh, I'm Michael J. Flores, I'm sorry. Was I supposed to be doing like, were we supposed to be doing like setup so people know who we are? Is it like, like a, a bad TV show? I, I had Michael J. Flores, how are you? I hadn't planned for that. <laughs> uh, maybe that's appropriate. Uh, so to answer your question, I'm sad, lonely, depressed. I've resorted to doing a weekly podcast with Roman Fusco uh, <laughs> in order to to get my being on, on manadeprived.com fix. I I don't know. That's it's sad. It's sad. It's there's, super and, sad. And, and there's really I mean, no, luckily people love it. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. But you know, there's no remedy. <laughs> Yeah, I'm just all in. Like, yeah, that's that's how I am. I'm glad you're great, though. I'm great. I'm great. I'm getting ready to uh, leave for Grand Prix Richmond and uh, Pro Tour Amonkhet. So, taking off tomorrow, actually. Where is Pro Tour Amonkhet? It's in Nashville. Nashville. I was Nashville. there last year. They have this this thing there called Nashville Chicken. Yeah. Yeah. You'll probably eat it while you're there. What, what is Nashville? Is it like chicken that fried chicken that's doused in hot sauce and served with pickles? Yes, that is literally what it is. Nashville. That was just a chicken. guess. No, shut up. You know, you must have known what it was. It's a specific thing. They have it at KFC. Yeah. Is that how you were walking by KFC? Uh, it's probably out. Here's I'm a much funny more story. of a Popeyes guy than a KFC guy. So here's a, uh, this was not a setup. You know, on 125th Street up in Harlem, yeah. it goes across Manhattan. So you can take, look, there's a bus on 125th Street that goes to LaGuardia Airport, right? Okay. So my stupid sister, dumb, dumb sister, she's like in the middle of the night going to get a flight to LaGuardia, like midnight. She's walking across 125th in the middle of the night in Harlem and dragging her giant, giant roller bag down, down 125th Street. And this is like not a safe thing to do, right? Okay. So this giant, like 50-pound roller bag. It's 50 pounds on it. It's a huge. It's huge. It's as big as she is. Across 125th Street on the way to take the bus to go to LaGuardia. And so she passes by KFC. There's a homeless person there holding the door at KFC. Okay. And she stops and she's like, excuse me, sir, can I buy you dinner? And he like looks over the KFC that he's holding the door at and he's like, F no, I want me some Popeyes. <laughs> that's the whole story. If... If I were her, I'd be like, well, maybe you should hold the door at Popeye's. <laughs> I would, you know, yeah. That's a, but, yeah. So, yeah, you know, I think everyone is more of a Popeye's guy. Yeah. There's a Popeye's right around the corner from John's. That's why I'm yeah. going after this podcast. Popeye's is great. You said, oh, I'm just joking. I mean, great is relative. No, I think it's actually great. I think it's just great fried chicken. Um, All right. Yeah. Pretty simple. Yeah. You know, uh, why, you know why it's so good? Because they put the seasoning on the meat itself. And then they bread it out. And after. then they bread it out, yeah. I've been eating at this place called, like, Olive Chicken. It's on, like, 32nd Street near K-Town. Okay. It's like a grab-and-go. I ate, uh, ate banchan for three straight days, as is pre-release tradition. Yeah. Yeah, because we go to the pre-release at Complete Strategist. From there, we go to banchan. Which, bon- which, which banchan? The one right near Complete Strategist. The one is- right near Kyochan. Oh, okay. Like, well, Kyochan is dead, I heard. It is dead. That was How could it be, be dead? I, it's, it, it's not as good as Bonchon. Because it's like at the corner in between Olive Chicken. It's, uh, the Olive Chicken's on the other side. I'm telling okay. you. I'm not saying 
kill banchan. Banchan yeah. is banchan. I think you should try olive chicken. But then on Sunday, Scott McCord played Magic. Shut up. Yeah. I, so he we was just in a story because I, when I was recording podcasts with Norman Fusco, we do old old articles. And Scott McCord was in some of the articles because that's how old they are. Yeah. So we we actually went to yeah we went to Astoria to the Geekery HQ to play the pre-release, and there's a banchan about a mile from there. So we had banchan again, which meant I had leftover banchan from both days deep for like lunch. What is this like a brag? No. As you were talking about, we were talking about fried chicken. It sounds like a break to me. I haven't had Bonchon three days in a row. It was, it was, we went to Kiyochan that one night. Yeah, and I don't you're, remember you're, what we did. Yeah, we went to Kiyochan because you were like, let's go to Kiyochan instead of Bonchon. Now it's out of business. Now it's out of business. We did that. Yeah. We went to Bonchon that one night when we went to that Cavs game when it was like the Cavs were like so bad, but it was like the Bar- Baron Davis's first night. and But then uh, it was also like Mellow's first night, so we paid like infinite extra for the tickets because yeah. you remember that? Yes, yes. And then the Cavs won. Carmelo won his first game. It couldn't have been his first game. The night I was there, I was the only person cheering. It was like the J.J. Hickson show. Baron Davis threw up like a hundred threes. Some of them went in. Carmelo might get traded. To the Cavs? No. To LA, I heard. I heard to LA. For J.J. Redick is what they're saying. I mean, that's... That's... How? He's a max contract all-star. J.J. Redick is like a barely playable... He's like a replacement value. I mean, he's pretty good. You've watched the Clippers games. He's effective, but he's like a barely replaceable wing. Yeah, that's fine. I don't understand how that's a legitimate trade in the National Basketball Association. There might be some you can't other just stuff do that. There might be other stuff involved. Is this going to be one of those trades you're just like, the, the meat of the trade is like supposed to be some... I mean, there could be draft picks. There could be other things involved. It's like one of these trades how like, how the... How the Celtics just randomly get Jay Crowder, who's like the best player by far in the trade. Remember that trade? Yeah, that's the other trade that's been talked about. But but Celtics won. So that, like if the Celtics had lost, it's like the 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 booby prize for getting knocked out in the first round of the playoffs was clearly mellow because the Celtics were like, well, if we get knocked out, we're probably going to trade for mellow. And they were talking about trading Jay Crowder for mellow. I mean. I would snap that up and say, Jay Crowder is a, basically an all-star. Well, that's what they were talking about, but then they won. But so what kind now, of mo- but now how the Clippers- bad would Danny Ainge have to be to trade Jay Crowder for Melo? Jay Crowder's better than anyone on the Knicks. Yes, including Przingis. I don't know. Has Shine come off of Przingis for you? No. Did I tell you this story? No, how, like, the, the Shine is off the Knicks, but not off Przingis. Like, if anything's wrong with Przingis, it's the Knicks' fault. It's not Porzingis' that, fault. So, could I, I don't, did I tell you this story about Clark? We were watching the game. Yes. So, people at home don't know. So, Clark's watching, and, and he's like, what do you mean JR was a Nick? So, Clark's growing up in New York. He's like, he's of the opinion that, like, well, used to be of the opinion, like, that Mello was, like, a, you know, a superstar caliber player, et cetera. He's like, like all of his friends, they talk about New York, you know, they talk about the Knicks and everything. He's like, because I love JR. He's like my favorite calf. Love him, hate him, pipe, whatever, <laughs> you know, no shirt. I love JR, right? But when he was a Nick, I didn't like him. Remember, I used to always, like, make make fun of JR. Yeah. Now I love him. Whoever team JR's on, that's that fan base, he's, like, their favorite player. Oh, I love JR. Like, it's it's, it's so it's so trite for LeBron to be your favorite Cavalier. Oh, that's so hard. Oh, yeah. Do you like You the- know who my favorite Cavalier is. Who? You think for three seconds you'll figure it out. Shumpert? Yes. I like Shumpert. I love Shumpert. Do you see Shumpert just threw down in Ablaka's face the other night? No. I mean, we're talking about Serge. Used to be called Ablaka, right? Yeah. I mean, he came right up the middle, 
one-handed GM in Ibaka's face. It was like a classic posterization. Is he finally fully healthy? Who knows? He's not in rotation, really. It was a garbage minute. Yeah. He he can't even crack the rotation anymore because they got Corver. All right, we're going to talk about magic. We've got the basketball out of the way up front. I mean, this is like a magical gathering of podcasts of magics. So uh, we've, been, we've been talking a lot, even though we haven't been talking on a podcast. <laughs> this, is like, this is our conversation today. Hey, what's up? You want a podcast? We set a time. No, we're not going to podcast. It's not going to happen. But that's like every day. Yeah. Every day. We're like, hey, you want to meet that? Yeah, I do. Yeah, let's meet. Tumbleweeds chirping. Yeah. Super top secret busy project. Yeah. Sorry. Is it? Is it drafting cube? No. <laughs> According to your Twitter stream, it's drafting no, cube. No, there's no my cube friend. to draft on right now. All right, so let's talk about Magic the Gathering. Um, so walking, we're in the park. We're not at Waverly and Gay. I got a lemon iced tea. Brian didn't get anything. We walked up to the park a few blocks away from Joe, which is on Waverly and Gay, and and we actually plotted out what we would talk about in this podcast. Believe it or not. Yeah. And none of which we've talked about yet. No, 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 none of which we've talked about yet. <laughs> and there's a, a Magic the Gathering deck that's very exciting. Um, I'm, I don't know if this is true yet. It'll be true by the time this goes up. Brian will sketch this deck out. I'll put it up on Instagram. We were going to do so many cool things. This, we didn't do any of them. That, no. was, that wasn't on our list. Wasn't on our list. No, no. Uh, so, so one of the decks that did well at the Star City Open this past week was uh, Red White Always Watching deck. Yeah, Red White Exert. Yeah. It seems awesome to me. It was my favorite deck of the top eight. Because, like, in part because it wasn't one, it was the top four deck, only one that wasn't Mardu. It was two-thirds of the way to Mardu. But it's, like, just this aggro deck, Glorybound Initiate, right? Yeah. So if you got, like, Glorybound Initiate into Always Watching, that's, like, a Bane Slayer Angel. You have to say it like that? That's, that's how I've said Bane Slayer Angel for as long as I can remember. But um, Brian's like, hey, red, white, exert. Let's take this to the next level. Uh, so what, what creature were you talking about? So the uh, the Battlefield Scavenger. Battlefield Scavenger. Is, now, the, the one thing that it doesn't have is it's not, it is not a human. So you, you lose any of the human synergies that you get out of that deck. But... It's this. It's this really cool. I've played. I've done a lot of drafts with this card, and I've yeah. really gotten a lot of value out of it. It's a two-two for two. It's a jackal rogue, uh, and then uh, it has exert. But when you exert, it just exerts. Yeah. But it has another line of uh, another line of text, which is whenever you exert a creature, you may discard a card if you do draw a card. So, just in the in the furthest uh, example of this if say let's say you were just exerting three creatures that's like getting three loots potentially you don't have to loot right you put the ability on the stack correct you you do not you do not have to loot and in fact you get to stack them and you can sort of go oh no this is this is the card i want to end up with in my hand uh i'm just trying to yeah but Um, it's, it's a small thing you can just have that guy on turn two and then if you play always watching on turn three, you're attacking with the three, three vigilance, right, basically well, that's, looter. That's the appeal of the exert yeah. deck and always watching is that you, you just never, your guys are never tapped uh, and you get to exert every turn on them. Yeah. So, so even if like in a, in, in a, in a different deck, like if you weren't playing the always watching deck, you could theoretically play like first, uh, you know, uh, 
first one is it Soul Scar initial? What's the name of it? The uh, Flame Blade Adept. Flame Blade Adept, yeah. Which is a R for a Jackal Warrior with Menace. Whenever you discard a card, gets plus one plus zero, right? Yeah. So you can play him on the first the one, turn. Two, yeah. One two. You put and play the the battlefield guy on turn two. Then when you attack on turn three, you could exert and discard. You could discard like a fiery temper, maybe. Right. Or a drownyard temple. And then which is, you know, obviously or even like a you know, battlefield scrounger, right? All any of those guys could be potentially um I'm sorry, uh what's the, what's the name of the three two guy? Battlefield scrounger, right? Yeah. Uh and then, you know, potentially profitable. Uh and then Get, get a lot of bonuses, right? Uh, right. Just, just from the exertion. Right, right. And if you're doing that with Always Watching, everything's got a little bonus too, so. Um, I mean, the other the other card that's really interesting to me with it is, um, and it's a card that I think was in the Star City list, if I remember, was Devoted Crop Me. So, I don't think it was in that you don't, list. Oh, you don't, don't think believe so? so? I think the only three drop was the hand, Handward Garrison, is that the name? Oh, maybe, maybe that, maybe you're right. Yeah. But Devoted Crop Me, it's another card that, like, it's another uncommon, it's two W for a three two, human warrior and then when you exert devoted crop mate as it attacks you can return target creature card with converted mana cost two or less from your graveyard to your battlefield so you could actually stack your scavenger and your devoted crop mate. so you could discard a two drop to your uh scavenger right. and then use the crop maybe mate like to... a thalia's lieutenant or whatever yeah just to get the rebuy and then it's like it's it's like a combo of like Black Lotus and Looter and I don't know is that enough? Looting yeah, and, and, you, Black and Lotus? you don't even and the Scavenger doesn't even need to be an Eternal play, Witness. Yeah, <laughs> it doesn't even need to be in play first. Like you could set up your other exert creatures and be going, and then you could just play this. He doesn't need to be attacking for his oh, ability to trigger. It's just whenever a creature. That's exerts. actually a great point, Brian. You can just like play devoted. You could play Scavenger on turn four. Right. right? Attack with Crop Mate. Uh, discard to the scavenger and then rebuy with crop mate. They didn't even have to be your sequence. Right. That's actually really, really. It's like a tactically flexible. Yeah, I, I, I think I think this card could be. And again, you know that the the deck from the, I, the from the, the Star City list was pretty landlike, right? It's a twenty-two land deck, but it had four needle spires in the sideboard. Right. Because uh, it was one of those sideboards that transforms into Gideon and Glorybringer after but this, sideboard. But this is but this is this is the kind of card that also like helps you either like when you're flooded on lands or if you're trying to dig for a land. You know, if you're trying to dig for your third land, so you can play always watching. This can help you just pitch in a, you know a card that you're not going to be able to use to go find it. I don't know. It seems seems super exciting to me. I mean, it's a very different deck. I mean, like. Uh, you know, if you have like a medium aggressive deck that has like a, a whole engine attached, I don't know. It could be really, really powerful. Or that could be like an attrition package. Right. Yeah. And, and this also, these also stack. So if you have two of these in play, each of your creatures exerting gives you two tricks. I mean, you, you can get pretty deep into your deck. And again, you, you know, you mentioned a card like Fiery Temper. Yeah. You know, then suddenly that's a card you can start thinking about for this. I don't know if there's any other Madness cards. Um... Plus, I, I don't know, maybe there's a different version of the deck that also plays black for a card you love. The, what's the shadow? Shadows thing? from the Grave. Shadow. Oh, yeah, well, that's because I like drawing a lot of cards, you know? Yeah. <laughs> you get all the cards. But it, but imagine a situation where you, you know, you have three exert creatures, you loot three times, and then post-combat, you're just like Shadows from the Grave, grow back everything I discarded this turn. So, actually, let me, let me ask you a different question. At what point is... Uh, Let's call it a Magic the Gathering expert, right? Yeah. Or even just like a 
a Magic Gathering in, in I think enthusiasts that are actually ahead of the curve on this. Yeah. Supposed to know the names of all the cards. Because I know the function of a lot of the cards, but I, I, I could still not tell you the names of a fair amount of cards. Wait, uh, at what point am I supposed to know the names of all the round cards? Round one of the Grand Prix you're covering. I failed that one, but I've, I've failed limited Grand Prix before. I was like, uh, uh, I didn't know the names a lot. I, kind of, I generally knew what they did, and I'm like, yeah, oh, that, yeah, you're like the gold one, yeah. It's a, it has an ability. Get there. Yeah. yeah. Like ba basically, basically, by the time you get to the to the first event, you have to to do any kind of coverage on. Yeah. You should you should know. You should know. Yeah. Oh man, I've I failed that one before. Yeah. It was limited. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's funny. This is this is gonna be a different, you know. Maybe maybe it's sooner for this one because uh, the set was released a week ahead of time on Magic Online. I like this new scheduling they're doing. Do you think this is a window into the future, a la Magic Digital Next? They're gonna change things up yeah. a little bit. Yeah. Like it. Yeah. No, I I'm, I I was super excited about it. I got to draft all week after the pre-release. You know, black white's really good. In drafting. Yeah. It's really really good. This is exciting. I kind of want to play in tournaments that have these cards. Yeah. Do you have plans for Grand Prix Las Vegas? Are you going to do anything on that? I don't know. I don't know. I, I might not. Uh, I might not have any time to go. I kind of want to play. Like, I kind of plan on play in the modern one, skip the limited one, and then play in the, the legacy one. Yeah. I, I. I. I could. I think I could do that with like a day off in the yeah, middle. Yeah. Yeah. But like maybe I'll love limited or something. But I feel like I'll type in one of those two Grand Prix, right? <laughs> like there's there's two. I mean, that's. I mean, if you're going to spend the money to go, that's got to be your attitude. Right. I mean. I think they're going to be almost done. Are they done with trials now? They've had a bunch of trials in New York. I, I, yeah, but there'll be trials there too. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to go yet another day early to play in well, trials. Yeah, maybe. Do they? Do the trials stick? You can. I, I believe they have super trials that you can use for like any for any or all. Yeah, I believe. Probably not going to go. I, I maybe I'll go to Montreal. Is coming up soon, right? That's yeah, Montreal's the week after the Pro Tour. How hard is it to get to Montreal? Pretty easy. Yeah. You get on an airplane, and it takes you there. Like, I have, am I going to have problems getting back into the country? I have the wrong last name. <laughs> yeah, I, I, you, you, you were born here, right? No, I'm, I'm, I was not born. I was born in the Philippines. You were born in the you Philippines? Can, you can find that up from my Wikipedia page. Interesting. Yeah. No, so maybe you might not be able to find <laughs> it. I don't know. I mean... Like, I wouldn't take any chances. I mean, I, I've been... I like, wouldn't even leave the state if I, I were mean, you I've right been, now. I've been to Canada before, you know, for a pro tour. I've been all over Europe, but I'm, I'm, like, I'm not sure if I'm allowed to be back in the... I'm, what, if, if this were like the Grand Prix, you know, they were talking about Montreal, which is north of here. If this were like, you know, Grand Prix Tijuana or something, absolutely not, not going to try to get back in. I don't think they'd let me. Yeah. So, so to just go back, back enough, do you think Scavenger is good enough to, to crack the, the rotation of the red white exert decks? It passes the minimum bar, right? It's a 2 2 for 2 in red. Yeah. That's like a, that's a, that's the bar, you know, it's, it's, you know, on the order of an Eidolon is, is at that bar, right? Right. But its ability is not very good if that's the only card that you have with this right. kind of stuff going on. But if you play it in a context of a lot of exert cards, which would give you potentially a bunch of loots, you play it in the context of always so, watching. So Glory Brand Initiate. I could totally see it being a thing that you might want to do. Yeah, maybe, Looting is a powerful ability maybe, for no cost. Yeah. One, especially if you get no cost and you get to do it like three times. 
You know what I mean? Like if you get to go like, oh, enter my attack step and now just filter three cards deep into my deck or even two cards deep into my deck. That's... That girl was like a combo of sporty spice and ginger spice. What are your thoughts on Spice Girls? Uh, after my time. <laughs> it was just, just now. Yeah. You missed it. Uh, what are you talking about? Magic again? We're, th- we're just talking about that idea of just being able to, you know, Yeah, it's free. It's good. Like, um, so you were making a point before we started recording that, especially if you have, like, one of these, like, weenie decks that are relatively land light, that an ability like this, especially if you stack it on a bunch of different cards, essentially for free, it lets you just fix your deck, right? It, right. Like, you have too much land, not anymore. If you have not enough land, you're going to get it. I think that the red-white deck is in a precarious position in standard because it's hard to get away from playing, like, five mountains. And you got, like, a lot of early requirements for white. But, yeah. you know, your deck doesn't really work if you don't have a red in play. So it's... I don't know. It's a little dubious. So you, you got to either you're jacking up your mana base. It's. I mean, maybe, maybe it's not an you, easy answer. You, you can actually jack up your mana base a little bit if you have this card, right? You could actually play more lands. Yeah. Because you get to you get to filter past them, and then you're more likely to hit them when you need them, and then you get to just kind of like toss them away in the, you know, on those turns three and four. The thing that's weird to me about this set is that one of the most iconic cards in the history of magic is jackal pup yeah right which is our for a, a 2-1 with a horrible drawback it was just yeah, never fly yeah. today and you know at least without fire breathing attached or something yeah yeah but like it's one of the most iconic cards in the history of magic i've played it in in, in formats as as you think big be an iconic masters as as legacy and that guy wasn't even a jackal. He was a hound. Now there's all kinds of jackals. Now there's actual jackals. Jackals and... left and right, man. All right, what are we looking at? I was just saying, like, you know, if you start doing something where you're playing with a card like Battlefield Scavenger, do you start throwing in, like, just other reasonable exert creatures? So Gustwalker, for example. Reasonable but not spectacular? No, I don't think the bar changes <laughs> on so many of the other... Uh, Exert creatures. Radio Rahim from Do the Right Thing has just walked by. What is your mindset if you act like this? Do you want to get mugged? <laughs> I don't know. Didn't you ever walk around with a giant radio? No. Like blaring loudly? Yeah. Never once in my life. Really? Zero times. Was that not a thing for teenagers in Cleveland? No. I, I don't know. I mean, I've always kind of kept to myself. Like, oh, I don't okay. know. What do you. You did you were, that? Yeah, of course. Really? Yeah. I would if I were to do this now. I don't know how. Dressed, by the way, by the way, I don't know how we didn't get our asses kicked. But dressed like that guy was dressed. I, I would. I, I would assume I was you mean court- like, an, like an idiot. Yeah. Okay, yeah. You're yes. court- he was like those big serial killer glasses he was wearing are asking to be broken <laughs> against the fist of any reasonable person walking by. Yeah. No. We used to male. Female, we used young, to like a old, group of us would hang out, we'd listen to music, you'd just tough, have it like, not tough, just tougher than him. It but, wasn't like a you know, a huge boom box, it was a boom box. And then you'd you know, you'd listen to music and you'd wander around and I don't know. I think I had to like go to a pawn shop, time travel to get that boom box. No, that well that's the that's the actual really impressive <laughs> like, part. Yeah. 
find batteries. No, a track. <laughs> where do you find batteries? Batteries that would run that thing. Yeah, those I are mean, like D cells. Yeah, you don't have batteries for like an Xbox controller. Yeah. And I can tell you, those things they don't have a lot of battery life. You're going <laughs> yeah, through so a lot of D cells. So he's going through a lot of trouble to hipster himself through the park and get his glasses broken against the fist of anybody walking by. I gotta tell you something like, first of all, if you get that far in life yeah. and you're still doing stuff like that, you are a person who has the ability to not be hit. You think Conrad Kolos has the ability to not be hit? Yes. All right. Clearly he's, he still behaves the same way. <laughs> Cause that guy's like Conrad Kolos to the end. <laughs> He like he's like top he's eight like, magic alum Conrad Colos. Mock vitational top eight competitor. <laughs> Two time US national championship top eight competitor, Conrad Colos. So my, my question is how how many how many exert guys do you need for this deck to be okay? So you have the Glory Bound Initiate. So here's the you thing. have the Battlefield Scrounger. Uh, the Glory Bound Initiate is a legit good magic. Yeah, yeah, card. that card's okay. great. So like if you're just crushing for three with no additional text. It's okay, all right? right? And then sometimes you but race... Then are you going to be like, are you going to gust walk? Well, there's a, there's this card, is... by the way, I think this card's great. Do you remember a long time ago, you were trying to convince me that if you could play a 40-card deck, you would instead of a 60-card deck? And I'm like, no, you wouldn't. The optimal number of cards for a Magic the Gathering deck is 60. You remember yeah. that? Yeah. I think that you're just sticking a bunch of bad exert cards in your deck at some point, right? Right. By like, the way, I think I've been born out on the 40-card deck thing. What does that mean? I think just like when you you look at some of the decks, like in, in more uh, older formats now, you, you know, and you see it in modern, you, you know, people with like Street Wraiths and Bobbles. I mean, Street Wraith like, is the next one to get banned, right? Yeah, like, like every, just... every, every card that like gets you one card deeper into your deck for free yeah. is being played. Okay, so Street Wraith is the same card basically as Kataxian Probe, <laughs> except it's an instant. Yeah. <laughs> How has this card not been banned yet? Right? I don't, I don't They're know. They're the same card, right? <laughs> uh, I mean, Gitaxian Probe has more, is a, is a little bit more prohibitive in terms of, like... It can get countered by counterbalance. No, 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 no not, not, not countered, but um, the idea that it just makes... A combo deck be able to you know you get to yes, go off. Yes, they're not the same. They're not the same thing. Obviously not the By same. By the way, card. is burn is burn just the nut high in legacy now? I have never wavered from burn in I, either I, of I these formats. I understand that, but but without uh, counterbalance top being with that counterbalance top not being able to just lock you out of playing your spells, like isn't the deck just like way better? Um, I don't know. I don't know for civilians if it's way better or not. Like I had a great. Uh, lifetime matchup against Counterbalance. So, uh, I mean, not not great in the sense that I won like 90% of the time. Right. Great that I won like well greater than expectation, right? Like, so if I'm winning like 55, 60% of the time, yeah. that's insane because that matchup's supposed to be really bad for me, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, but like, uh, I would have been happy to play Burn going into Las Vegas without the ban because, you know, there's there's uh, exquisite firecraft now right you can get through the last four points if you have to before like you'd get 10 in or something and then not right. be able to finish the game right, right now i mean if you just they're not going to kill you before you just draw an exquisite firecraft that's the that's the thing so is it better for everybody else i don't know i think people are wedded to cards like tarmogoyf which i don't know why i think that's like a thing people do and there's there's combo decks that win on potentially the first turn in, right. in that format so 
I think people are interested in that. Like, you can play anything from a, from a cephalid breakfast to a storm deck that can potentially win, uh, you know, before a burn deck even can land an idol on. So, that's... Uh, yeah, I don't know. It just it seems it feels like I would be more willing to play from a lay perspective on yeah. legacy. I do not play legacy very often, yeah. if ever. But like, I would be much more willing to play burn now than I was before the ban. I would just always be like, ah, oh, I'm just gonna play some mirror player. They're just gonna lock. Me. So, I think that there's a kind of an ecosystem thing going on there because. The remove. Let's let's assume that counterbalance becomes a non-factor with Sensei's Divining Top ban, right? Let's yeah. assume that happens. You've actually removed a lot of the disincentive from playing decks like um, like uh, Storm decks that are just relying on casting a bunch of one casting cost spells. Right. So that actually makes the format more hostile to burn if there is oh, okay. a combo deck that can win even even more quickly than that. Uh, so I think that. Counterbalance Top actually did a really good job of restraining some of the combo decks. And, um, you know, with that gone, it'll be interesting. I think that I think that the most likely thing that will happen that will come out of this is that there will be essentially no true control deck in Legacy anymore. Uh, and that the, the quote-unquote control decks are going to be some kind of, like... Teamer, Radiant Flames, Tarmogoyf kind of deck. And then there's going to be all manner of different uh, combo decks that that come... And I don't know what those combo decks are going to be. You know, could be anything, right? Yeah. Like, I think Storm is going to be... Or Ad Nauseam. Um, which I guess Ad Nauseam is a Storm variant, right? right, so, right. But there's different kinds of Storm. Uh, that those, those kind of decks are, are likely to rise. Um... Maybe, maybe graveyard. So the thing is, graveyard-based decks are really weird in Legacy. It it just depends on how on the radar they are. If they're super on the radar, then everyone plays like eight ley lines and Tormod's crypts or whatever in their sideboard, and then they can never win. But then if you if people don't, if not enough people don't have enough uh, spoilers and they always win, like there's like the even the Oops No Lands deck, right? Yeah, like, yeah. But I mean those. I think they're largely considered gimmick decks. There's no very little reason not to play cards, uh, sorry, not to play decks like Two Land Belcher, right? right like, right. It, that's like a strategy you could have, you know? Yeah. If, if people are not playing uh, control decks that, and it's just a race, then almost certainly the fastest go forward deck has an advantage against other decks that don't put up resistance. But you don't put up no resistance, right? So if you're like, a pretty fast combo deck, you win inside of three turns, but you have Force of Will, and you're playing against a deck that wins on the first two turns but doesn't have Force of Will, you're probably at a dramatic advantage. Right. I don't know enough. You know, I, I was playing a lot of Legacy for a while, but I never went further afield than Blue-Red Delver. So, <laughs> so, I mean, I was like somewhere in the neighborhood of Blue-Red Delver or Mono-Red Burn for years. So, I don't know. My perspective is very limited. But I, it was on purpose. I just know how to play this deck. Right. Fire Blast you. <laughs> it's, it's what you deserved. That's true. Sure, you, some, someone's got to take a stand and sort of just... It's like, who watches the Watchmen, right? Um, yeah. You gotta, and, and the answer to that question is Rorschach. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and you know he would play Burn. There's no question. If you sat down, right, and Rorschach just, like, rolls out some, like, 
tattered newspaper as his playmat, right? Starts shuffling up his deck, right? And you're like, do you think Rorschach has enough, uh, like dexterity in his fingers to shuffle up his deck? I think those fingers think- have been put through a lot of like. I don't think he would be a good shuffler. He piles. He piles. <laughs> he, he would pile. He right. pile shuffle, and he doesn't care how many warnings he gets. Oh, you're right. He just keeps pile shuffling. Because there's no way he can really shuffle, shuffle. Because yeah. he just busts. He just his doesn't hands recognize the authority of the judges. Uh, you're right. <laughs> so anyway, but and he doesn't understand randomness. But you would put it on his face. <laughs> it's would, all patterns. You would, you, would, you would put him on. on you would burn? absolutely put him on burn. If, am, am I a? Am I a prison? He's burning down. <laughs> Because I would really put him on burn then. <laughs> oh, if you were playing prison? He would burn me down. Like, yeah. that's what Rorschach yeah. would do. Yeah. Right? That's interesting. What would all the Watchmen play in in, 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 uh, in a magic tournament? What um, would the comedian play? The comedian okay, would play so Mardu. He's a Mardu guy. Okay, let's start from this one, right? <laughs> Dr. Manhattan would play uh, Omnipotence. Is that the name of it? Omniscience. Omniscience combo, for yeah. sure. Okay. <laughs> it's mono blue. <laughs> It's a very good descriptor of Dr. Man and Omniscience, right? You're, you're kind of a big dong for playing it. Yeah, Mono, right? And he's going to kill you with, what is that, like, the, the sting of bee or whatever, right? <laughs> he's got, like, the one sting of bee in his sideboard. For sure, he's Omniscience combo. Okay. okay. Um, let's see. Silk Spectre. Enchantress. You think? Yeah. Let me think about this. I don't know. Is there, is, is there like, a daughter of Enchantress deck? I think she would play like something, some, like maybe she would play like Son of Hermit and the original Silk Spectre would play Angry Hermit. Like I think that would be, that's okay. more, or maybe that's that's a Night Owl thing. That could be a Night Owl thing. Um, I mean, Night Owl is going to probably play Affinity. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. I could see that. So Night Owl's on Affinity. Uh, I'm standing by the comedian playing Mardu. In Legacy? Yeah. He just plays Mardu <coughs> for laughs. He's not going to get a lot of lefts. He's going to get a lot of... Um, going to get thrown out a window? Is that what you're saying? Uh, let me think. <laughs> Ozymandias plays something all foil. He's playing... It's completely foiled out, okay. whatever it is. Ozymandias' deck is, like, is clearly a deck based on Amonkhet cards. Okay? <laughs> we don't know what it is yet. It's got a lot of Amonkhet cards. He's going to have jackals. He's going to have sphinxes. He's going to have some kind of oracles. and Actually... Screw all foils. He's gonna have the Amonkhet uh, invocations. He's gonna... Unreadable, <laughs> unreadable Avon mind sensors. That's his deck. Uh, no, he's gonna play a Cephalid deck. Eh? Why? Just like psychic squids. Not, not in the movie version. Well, not in the movie. In the movie version, he would play like Eldrazi. <laughs> yeah. Oh, maybe that actually—that actually, that actually is what he'd play. Yeah, Eldrazi. He'd play like Bant Eldrazi or something. Um, I think that some of our listeners have probably lost us already. Yeah, that's fine. That's part of the course. Yeah. I mean, we can go back to talking about the exert deck. All right. So. So there was Wed- 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 Red White Humans was the deck from yeah. the Star City event. Zach Stern played it. I think he finished fourth. And so his deck's like really low to the ground. Like you said, it's 22 lands. Yep. And he's playing like Metallic Mimic, Expedition Envoy. Expedition Envoy. Yeah. The, the White Jackal Puppet. The White, yep. Uh, Glory Bound Initiate, Henry Garrison, which you mentioned. Honored Crop Captain. Yeah, uh, that does. I certainly don't. <laughs> Honored Crop Captain is the two drop that's red, white, and it's a 3 2. 
And then whenever it attacks, uh, other attacking creatures get plus one, plus zero until end of turn. That card seems unreal. Yeah, you like set. that card? Yeah. Three, two for two? Yeah. Not even green. Are <laughs> you kidding? That's like a four, three vigilance. Yeah. Actually, five, three vigilance. Yeah. Well, it doesn't get a bonus. It's other creatures. Oh. Um, Thalia's Lieutenant, which is a card we talked about. That's got to be like the absolute all-star in this deck. Yeah. Uh, Thraben Inspector. Well, if you just think about that card, Thalia's Lieutenant, in combination with Henry Garrison. The Garrison makes humans. Oh, gosh. Yeah. So it's just mad, mad triggers. And then Town Gossip Monger. Town Gossip Monger is insane in this deck also. Yeah. So I think, I think the deck we're talking about is not this deck at all right it's like and, and then obviously it has always watching a declaration in stone it's, it's I guess it's like spots. a relatively minor exert package in this deck yeah. relative to what we were talking about it has like more exerters in sideboard yeah i love the sideboard it's one of my favorite sideboards i've seen in recent years four, four glory bringer three selfless spirit four gideon ally of zendikar and four needle spires yeah so basically brings in like 12 lands and fatty boom booms after sideboarding basically becomes the rock you know kind of uh, powerful, powerful. Like it's actually Bram. Remember Bram Snapbanger's red white deck from the uh, Worlds 2009, the one Andre won. Yeah, yeah. It basically becomes a weird mid range deck oh, yeah. in the middle of it. I, I would, I would actually try to build this deck like 24, 25 lands with the Glorybringers in the deck and the uh, and the Battlefield Scavengers, um, and then a couple more exert creatures and just maybe a little bit more. Mid-rangey. I think selfless spirit. I don't like it in this deck. When do you want it? Like against sweepers? No, well, I'm not. I wasn't. I was just talking about the glory bringers. I wasn't saying. No, I'm just saying this. Like when yeah. do? When, I mean, that's the that's the three of in the yeah, sideboard. But like against sweepers, just well, don't overcommit. Your guys are all there's giant. The, there's the new. There's the new wrath. Right. There's the dust to dawn. Dust to dawn's really good against this deck. You know, kill all the creatures. Power three or greater, for four mana. But, like, a lot of the guys are small. Yeah, but not with Always Watching, they're not. And not with Thalia's Lieutenant, they're not. The one that I like a lot is the Red Red 1 uh, Deal 3 Sorcery that also has Cycling 3. Yeah. I think that card is really exciting. What's the name of it? I want to say Sweltering Sands, but that's definitely not the name. Look. <laughs> <laughs> It just seems like a perfect magic card. How about you just take three guesses, uh, just combining like red <laughs> card names? Sweltering Sun. Ah, uh, you got it in two. Sweltering Sands is close, right? Yeah, it's pretty close. Sweltering Sun's one RR, and then it's three damage to each creature, and it's cycling three, so you know the card's good. It's like it's like the Acroma's Vengeance of this set, right? I mean, if I didn't already love the card, you just basically. You wedded me to playing that card for the next two years. Like, I'm gonna play it in like green blue decks. <laughs> like, eh, I'll probably have enough Aether action sometimes. <laughs> I but, have two Aether hubs eh, somewhere. <laughs> but I mean, let's be honest, this is gonna cycle it anyway, right? Like, eh, not that I'm paying to cycle. <laughs> So, so what, what's, what's your, what are your thoughts on the cycle? So the last time we podcast, we talked a little bit about the the Drake Haven. Yeah. Um, the Drake Haven deck. What, what's your take on where have you gone on the cycling deck since last time we talked? So one of the ideas I had, and I think that there have been other implementations out on the internet on this. I just want to get the card um, New Perspectives. Is that the name of it? Yeah. Uh, that was. Um, uh, top of a podcast preview card, actually, New Perspectives. Get that into play, and then um, use the uh, Chef at Monitor 
uh, that's uh, the green kind of Crows and Tusker card that yeah. thaws a basic land into play. Just gonna get the new perspectives into play quickly. Then use so the there's a whole there's a whole cycle of, of cards that cycle and have like a colored activation cost that costs like four. Yeah, and, and then do something and not then too do bad. something not too bad when you cycle them. And the the monitor is probably the best one. Well, right? the Shepherd monitor actually has an ability that you would I, you would just pay retail for this, right? Right. But like that card is very very close to an explosive vegetation, right? Um, the card comes into play. Now it's not too getting into play, but it's instant speed and you draw a card. It's really close, right? Right. right so. Right. Um, it's it's right. It, it reminds you somewhat of Crows and Tusker, where you cycle a card and you get a land. But this land goes directly into yeah. play, untapped. Yeah. So I would I would play like I would want to play like uh, new perspectives into that. Cycle those a whole bunch of times to get to get basic lands into play. Uh, multiple of which would be swamps. Then cast the was it shadows of the grave. Shadows from the grave. To get back the to get back the Shepherd monitors and then like do it again. Right. It's just getting the thing is the lands come to play untapped which is extremely unusual so for, this for example kind of so you go new perspectives yeah you have seven cards and you draw up you yeah. have seven cards, seven cards. one of them is a shepherd monitor you cite well let's say you have two shepherd monitors yeah. for example you cycle two shepherd monitors you now put two lands into play uh, maybe you cycle two other things and now you cast shadows yeah, from the yeah. grave and now you get those two shepherd monitors the two other cards you cycled yep and they uh, they all come back in your hand, and then you just do it again. It's not like at end or turn, right? It's like when you no no, you just do it immediately. And the thing is, so like this, card, you, this right now, what you're talking about feels like a very Yagmoth's bargainy type of engine, but I don't know that there's a payoff for this. Like, what's I mean, the payoff? You could play. Just here's an example. You could play the what's his name, Soulscar Mage, that guy we were talking about. Yeah. The one casting Cus guy. You just play him. No, 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 the Flame Blade. Sorry, Flame, flame Blade. Adapt. You just play him, right? Yeah. Your cycle, he gets plus the one. The Soulstar Mage is also a yeah. card, but he's... But he costs, this guy costs one, right? Yeah, they both cost one. do all this thing, just cycle 20 times. It's not going to be hard, okay? <laughs> and then just cast Fling. <laughs> <laughs> cycle until you get Fling? Yeah. Oh, and you... Okay. So, and you get to keep digging because every time you hit a Shadows, you get to get all your cards back. Yeah, so it's it's beyond that. I think I would play like base green and just have the card, uh, the card uh, traverse the Uvenwald in my deck. So I could just traverse, go get for one G traverse, go get that for one red, play it. And if you're like stuck, you can traverse for a cycling land, or you could traverse for a Shepherd monitor. Right. Wow. Right. Like it seems like oh, extraordinarily like, simple to. I had plans to go out tonight, but yeah. now I want to go home and play with this deck. Right. Like I, I don't know if it's fast enough because you have I to get care. new perspectives in play <laughs> but once you have new perspectives in play it seems so exceedingly what, trivial to me to get whatever you want what ways do we have to ramp new perspectives yeah. into play all right so chef at monitor itself right is get a great you, way to get do you, it right to so play on turn you five. go four to six yeah. right there okay that's one way Another way to do it is to play... Like, I don't know if you want to have the card Wastes in your deck, and I think that the card Evolving Wilds is probably not going to make it So, uh, in this strategy. So I was thinking you could do Rune in their wake, but that's probably too weak. However, one of the cards that is one of the biggest gainers of all in the entire format is uh, the artifact uh, that... I can't remember the name, but it comes into play tapped, but it taps for a card of any color in your graveyard. Oh, Right? Yes. That card was like pretty medium, but Owen Turtonwall played it to the top eight of a pro tour. But now that you there's one casting cost cycling cards, like it's just a Felwar stone. Right. Like oh. 
Okay. Like if you just cycle a cast but, out or a, or a Sphinx on the first turn, all of a sudden you have just a legit mana accelerator for two mana, any two colors. There's also Spring to Mind. Which one is that? So Spring to Mind is one of the new uh, Aftermath cards. Oh yeah, got it. And that's a card that seems like it's right up your alley. Yeah, so uh, that's the one that's green going it's, down and blue coming yeah, back yeah. up. Yeah, so, yeah, and, it, and it's the only instant Aftermath. All the Aftermath cards are sorceries. The, the front side is a sorcery. The front, the front side is a sorcery, but I'm saying the, the Aftermath side yeah, so, actually is an instant and six mana draw two cards. So the front side is the a ramp. The worst Torrential Gear Hulk ever. So, it's inconsequential Gear Hulk. So the front side is a rampant growth, but for three, yes, right? Yes, yes. The back side is a Jace's Ingenuity, but only gets two cards instead of three. But on the other side, it doesn't matter that it only gets two cards instead of three because it's coming from your graveyard, so that is itself paying right. you back. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's five on the back side, right? Uh, I, th I think it's six. Oh, if it's six, then it's... It's not Jason's in general. A horrible opportunity, but it's a it's free because it was spring to mine. It was spring yeah, on the yeah, first front. Yeah, yeah, and you, and you can And because it's an instant, you can just... Like, in some game, like, where you're just dragging out, you can yeah. just... I think you can just get a little refuel. It's like a, very similar to a Think Twice in that regard. I think you're going to have to have some kind of defensive cards in this deck. Like, even if it's just Ishkana, right? Like, I think... Ishkin is probably going to be coming back a lot in terms I of do too. efficacy. Or maybe that's too expensive. Maybe some kind of a you Radiant can, Flames. Can you play Sweltering Suns? Can you make can you make red work? I, I think that... Sweltering Suns seems great in this deck. But RR is pretty hard, I think. Yeah. I think R versus RR is a big ask. Because right. this deck already wants... I think the, your minimum number of basic swamps that you need to play in this deck is two. Oh, gosh. And right. I think you, you need might need as many as eight. Like, that's a lot of basic swamps, Okay. Um, so, but it's absolute minimum two. Yeah, like I can't even imagine a scenario where there are fewer than two. <laughs> and, the, and the reason you want you you're saying you might want more is because you want to be able to go off on that. Yeah, turn. you can cast sixteen. Uh, you can cast. You can sequence sixteen times if you uh, if you if you play the cards in the correct order. So right. you, I, I don't think that's actually necessary because you should have more than enough damage on a on a fling before that point. Right. Um, but I don't know. Is there a Man, if ever there was a time for Dragon Lord Dramica, <laughs> is there an abeyance? Like, if there's an abeyance, this deck might be real. No, there's, I mean, there's like, uh, there's that Gideon enchantment that says that a named card can't be played, or. Yeah, I mean, like, but Censor or something might get you. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Can you imagine getting your new perspective censored? Yes, very easy. But, I mean, we, we certainly haven't seen anything like that in standard yet. I mean, there's big there's big liabilities, right? Like you could easily get your new perspectives cast out. Absolutely. Right. Like that's that's like just on the table right there. Right. So uh, it's not it's not like it's, this is also like a uh, like a storm combo, not like a traditional two card combo. Right. Like just getting like you're investing a fair number of resources to get this stuff into play, and you still got to execute like, once that happens. But I think it, I think it's also a thing though where so you you start to go off, like and your opponent's like if your opponent isn't tapped out on your turn, yeah, right. If they have mana open to cast cast out, then they probably weren't putting you under tremendous pressure. Oh, I mean that I don't think that's necessarily true. Like they can go like, you know, uh. Ex uh Toolcraft Exemplar on turn one. Sure. Like, and then, like, Heart of Kieran on turn two. They don't have to play another thing. You're dead. Right. right? Like, you, you oh, have to you know, kill we them. Could, but we, we could play Cut to Ribbons in this deck. Cut to Ribbons is great. Wait, um, well, where, think, where are you think, headed? Uh, I'm headed uh, Lower East Side. So can we sort of... Uh, we can keep talking, yeah. but I have to, I have to yeah. get going also. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so Cut to Ribbons is a... 
a great new card. It's one of the Aftermath cards. It costs R1 for really an outstanding ability, I think. Right. Four damage to a creature for R1 is a reasonable, a reasonable ask. It, it is a sorcerer, <coughs> but whatever. You're talking to someone who has played many volcanic cameras. Yeah, yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, and then on the back half is, is BBX. Right. Annihilate your opponent's life. Oh my god, is that a pet cemetery dachshund? A pet cemetery dachshund. Dachshund who was buried in a pet cemetery, then came back and was not actually <laughs> just dug fully alive. Just dug himself dug out. Dug himself out. Yes. Yeah. That's <laughs> <laughs> I'll give you an easy answer, yes. Um, so but yeah, so cut to like that lets you that gives you another sort of way to win, right? Like you like maybe you figure out <clears throat> can you just splash blue for new perspectives? And be like uh, to be like jump colored. I think it's pretty hard for you to get 22 untapped basic land into play. Like, think of how much mana is in your deck. Um, I well, get, you, but, but but if you go that route, maybe then maybe you don't need. Uh, you know, maybe you don't need to do all your damage on one turn, right? Maybe you have like the cycling card that like drains for two. Um, I was thinking perhaps that you would play, um, Hedron Archive. Right. And then you get the, uh, the blue card that when you cycle, you untap a permanent. Right. So that's like a pretty sweet combo. <coughs> right, like yeah. untapping to get like, you know, four oh, mana or something. Yeah, yeah. And then... You know, you could get a bunch of mana for it, and then, you know, worst case scenario, you could sacrifice it to draw two cards, which is, you know, that might that might help you. Right. You know, drawing two cards is good. But I'm, I don't know. Uh, I feel like there's some liabilities around, around um, having new perspectives having to be in play. Like, you sure. can't, like, I don't think you can actually go off at instant speed due to the requirement of you know, actual black sorceries, right, yeah, or yeah. like the my, you know my proposed kill is to cast a creature and fling it. <laughs> Again, that's that's not something that occurs at instant speed. Right. So, um, I think like you know, there's some versions of this combo where you know you open up the card pool enough, you know, somebody casts out you and you're like in response. Yeah. <laughs> I'd like to put something on the stack. Quicken. You know? <laughs> like, oh, quicken. Quicken it all. Um, but, you know, so going into... So Great Richmond, is that limited or constructed? That's limited. Yeah. And then natural will be, <coughs> will be you know... Standard. So you're just going to be on the road the whole time? You're going to go down to... Are you going to come back? I'm not going to come back between Richmond and Nashville, but I'll be back between <coughs> Nashville and Montreal. Are you going up to Montreal? Yeah. Oh. You doing the coverage up there? I am doing the coverage. Who is the, who is the, the doer of that Grand Prix? What T.O.? Yeah. Uh, I believe it's Maru Giovanni. What, what company is that? Uh, Gamekeeper? That's weird. Is it, is it, is it Montreal the stomping grounds of our, of our, uh, our sponsor face-to-face -face games? <laughs> it just seems weird. Yeah, it, it is. Because they're doing Toronto. They're doing Toronto, yeah. But, so, <laughs> that would be like if there was like Grand Prix 26th Street and someone other than Neutral Ground was <laughs> putting. 
Oh, the Uncommons. Looks crowded. People are playing. Yeah. It's a weekday. Non Magic yeah. the Gathering. They're playing Settlers of Catan. There's some magic going on there. All right, so <coughs> um, the Expanse finished was great. Oh my God. The Expanse was so good. I'm going to actually buy the books today. I'm going to just start All the books? Them. Yeah, I just can't. I can't wait. Yeah. I want to read. Um, my favorite show on the television right now is Billions. Uh, I'm also caught up on Billions. I, I'm not caught up, actually. I didn't see oh. this most recent episode. Oh, my God. I was, so, I was so close. So Randy sends me this Ringer article. Yeah. Where he's like, oh, I think, you know, I know because he and I have been talking about Billions. And he's like, oh, and I'm like, you know what? I'm just going to read it tomorrow after I've watched the most recent episode. Yeah. Just in case of spoilers. Yeah. And he's like, oh, that's a good idea. There's a pretty huge spoiler. Just kick him in the <laughs> face. Him? Him and the guy with the boom box. <laughs> Getting the can same just, treatment. Can we, can we just Highlander them? They just have to, like, just sort to each other. Know, nowhere each other? I'm going to go with yes. All right. But I, so I don't think it would be a very good fight. Neither one of them looks like they can defend themselves very well. Uh, all right. So My money's on Randy. Yeah? Oh, you think yeah. he's got the killer instinct from his rookie of the year? I do. I do. He would, like, he would just consult for his he, sword from nowhere. Yeah, he's... He would like, he would turn over three swords from nowhere in the top six. He has all the murder momentum. And he he would still get it. Um, All right, so there's that show. How are you liking Better Call Saul this year? I haven't watched any of this this season yet. I haven't watched any Better Call Saul or Fargo. I have not watched Fargo yet either. I'm not seeing any... Uh, into the into the Badlands recaps on Fetchland yet. Was I doing those? <laughs> you were last year. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think you're caught up on those I, yet. I actually have seen a little bit of buzz for Into the Badlands this season. Yeah? Yeah. Um, let's I mean, see. like, on paper, it should be, like, the best show ever. <laughs> but it's, it's, it's not the best show ever. It wasn't ever. the best show um, I haven't watched Gotham yet either since it came back. Have you have you finished out the season of DC's Legends of Tomorrow? Don't I, lie. I did. <laughs> Same. <laughs> Same. <laughs> I watched them all. I did. Uh, this show makes no sense. It's the worst show. Okay, so I mean, like, okay, let me just make sure. Let's just lay this out, right? Uh, There's an entire continuum of space and time in the DC universe that includes, that we know of, includes multiverse, people who can run faster than light, yep. aliens such as dominators, such as Martians, such as... In fact, uh, two different types of Martians. Uh, such as Daxamites. Oh yeah, that's right. But the blood of Christ trumps them all. <laughs> like a bottle of blood found on like a World War One battlefield trumps all, like, all I mean I'm, I don't I don't mean to sound heretical on this yeah, right yeah but oh, like fine I don't 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 uh, it doesn't make any sense in the con- on my account no but they have people with Egyptian mythos who are immortal right on the show right right like like the same show has like oh I'm an Egyptian immortal yeah you know sun god whatever <laughs> raw powered me yeah <laughs> like okay I got it. Yeah. But the but the, like they're like, oh no, no, no. Nothing. No, we can't travel anywhere in the Roman Empire from like 4 BC to like 30, because you cannot touch the timeline 
of when Christ was like, right. Oh, that's right. I forgot about it's that. It's a part. completely inviolate, right? right. Like, it, it, like Rip Hunter's. No, no, no. Like, oh, sure. Topple the entire Middle Ages, but like, <laughs> you can't. And I'm, I don't like again. I don't mean to be. It's hard to not sound like heretical or whatever when you're talking. It doesn't make any sense. No. Not as it make it in the context of their universe. There are. There's weapons that destroy a sun, it's, and and Kryptonians and it's the worst of all the superheroes. And shows. and like, how does this make? And then it's, and it manifests as a spear. <laughs> well, the spear of the Nibelung is like a that's a like. No, no, no. I know. Yeah, I know. It's like whatever, whatever. Dan Brown version yeah. of history. Well, actually, actually, before I mean, actually, Roy Thomas did like I think a big spear of the Nibelung thing for DC with like a lot of their oh, the Spear of Destiny is a thing in, yeah. in, in like uh, what do you call it? I'm pretty sure the Spectre Wheel did it for a while oh yeah yeah yeah, so, yeah. I mean it was a big part of the DC but like if you just look at how they deal with Ray Palmer right he doesn't even shrink he's Iron Man that he yeah. shrinks by accident right like it's like they just do whatever they want like right no I, like, don't, like, I, don't, I don't you know what show's been very good out of the superhero shows are you gonna say Supergirl I love Supergirl no I wasn't gonna say that but that that might I've already established that I like that is Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. this season I haven't seen any Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. this season of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. has been great it's Ghost Rider now it was it's first half of the season was Ghost Rider the second half of the season is like all sorts of crazy is it Matrix to be stuff. humans or something yeah but it's more like the Matrix and Madame Hydra and it's I some of this is too goofy even for me no this uh, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. is actually I, I, like I think it. there's too much Marvel stuff. I, I, it's just, it's just overwhelming. Like they're gonna have that cloak and dagger on freeform, but they're all in a shared universe. Like I, I think, like it. I don't know. Did you see that? You saw the trailer for the Defenders today? No. Oh yeah. Am I gonna love it? I mean, I watched every episode of Iron Fist in like 24 hours. So the, so no favorite, matter how much so I. So my I favorite part of, of the Defenders trailer is. They introduce like all the characters, and yeah. they show the first interactions between Iron Fist and Luke Cage. Yeah, and like, basically, like Luke C- Iron Fist punches Luke Cage. Yeah, and nothing happens. He's like, "Wait a minute, how the hell does this work?" And then Iron P- P- Luke Cage is like, "Well, what's going on with your weird fist?" Yeah, and then he punches Luke Cage in the mouth. You know, and then but then Luke Cage just hits him back. Oh no! And then people are just tweeting it. They're like, "Hit him again, Luke! <laughs> Hit him again!" <laughs> But why would they hit each their best friends? Well, they just... It's, do you know the Marvel conceit of Marvel Team-Up? What happens in Marvel Team-Up? For the first 10 pages, Johnny Storm and Peter Parker think they're enemies and they fight. And then the last 15 pages... They share Mary Jane. They fight Victor Stegron. <laughs> and share Mary Jane. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I'll have to figure it out. I'm going to assume that that was a drug reference. How no. dare you? You have not read much John Hick. <laughs> Oh, oh. oh my gosh. You've never read Hickman's Fantastic Four FF run, have you? I have run it. I have read it. Yeah, so you know, like, they have that crazy party. Uh, and Peter gets that. drunk on, like, inhuman, like, one of the inhuman queens is, like, a horse. He gets, like, drunk on, like, inhuman mare's milk. And, like, Johnny Storm ends up with Mary Jane at no, the end. I, it's, like, it's hilarious remember. and awesome. I don't remember that one. Um, oh, man, that's so good. I love. Com- I'm reading all the in- Inhuman comics from the last couple of years. Okay. 
Because you told me, like, oh, they're just going to, like, make the X-Men comics into Inhuman comics, you know, yeah. kind of thing. You know, Bendis did such a wonderful job in the X-Men for the, a couple of years. I really, really liked what he did. And he's not on it anymore. Like, they've made the X-Men such a non-premier brand at Marvel. Right. But, like, the Inhumans is no, is no replacement in my mind. Like, you're... I, I like Medusa a lot, sure. okay? And I'm, like, medium on Crystal. I really like Black Bolt. But, like, that's the extent of it. Like, it's going to take a lot of stretch for me to think that Gorgon is as cool as Kitty Pride, Right? Like, that's never going to happen. Well, I mean... I like Karnak, I guess. Yeah, you do like Karnak. I like Karnak, but, like, look, it's... I could name, like, 40 X-Men that I like, though. Right. You know, like, that I really like. I think Gambit but, but, is cool. But I... Shut up. All right, fine. I don't really Shut think, up. I don't really think Gambit is cool, okay? I mean, but everyone loves... Everyone loves Logan. Yeah. Yeah, I even love Laura. Logan, Logan was pretty... The, the movie, I finally saw Logan, the movie. It was great. Movie. It was great. The problem is, it's, like, one of those things, like, it was not as great as they said. Still great. But, I mean, I even love Laura. I love... I love, like, Kitty Pride the most. Like, who doesn't love Kitty Pride the most? I mean, that's, like, my... It's, like, when I, when I became super invested in X-Men comics is basically X-Men 141, 142, and then Kitty Pride is like, right, isn't she like at issue 140? Right? Like like she's just introduced in 140. Uncanny. I don't know which number. I read I read no it, I read it in classic X-Men. Nobody knows numbers. Dude, this anymore. is like I was like two like, when these comics came out. Okay. Um I read uh I read, uh, you know, classic X Men when they yeah. reprinted it yeah, in like yeah. the late '80s. That's yeah. where I read it, like Dark Phoenix and all that kind yeah, of. So yeah. it was right before Dark Dark Phoenix Saga. Uh, Kitty joined the X Men. No. Yes. No. Yes. Welcome to the X Men. Kitty Pride is 139 or 140. And okay, when I say Dark Phoenix Saga, I mean the whole extended Dark Phoenix Saga story, which includes. Introduction to the Hellfire Club, which that's, is like that, six or that's, twelve that's, issues. Right, but that's in the that's in the one twenties. That's Uncanny X Men, like one twenty four through like one twenty nine. Wait, so Kitty comes after the Dark Phoenix yes. Saga? Here, I can show you the. Cover. I'm gonna soup. You're looking things up. That's not what we do on this podcast. We've, you, we've you want to do that? You go do that on on Next Date podcast. Okay, <laughs> you go do that somewhere else. What number does that say? I don't know. I can't read your your language. One thirty nine. So I've lost my train of thought. I love Kitty. I love White Queen. Man, I love White Queen. What have they done with her now? Where, she's bad she? again. She is okay. Yeah. Good. I prefer her when she's bad. Uh, yeah, she's a really good hero. I mean, she was never really good. You know, I love Ilyana Rasputin. She's so cool. Magic. Magic. Love her. I hated Magic when they when they first did that whole storyline. I hated. She's it. a whining child now. She's like a badass. Is Colossus still dead? Nope. They just lied. They just lied. They said he was going to be really dead. Wait. So when you were writing at Marvel, like on your first day, to Joe Casada said, "You're like Brian, you're going to be writing at Marvel, and you just need to follow one rule under the Joe Casada is the editor in chief." What is it, Joe? I'm I'm willing to learn. I'm willing to write for you. Dead is dead at Marvel. All right, my pitch is I'm killing Captain America. <laughs> Done. <laughs> Was that your first day at Marvel? Uh, sort of. <laughs> yeah. Dead is dead, and you killed Captain America, 
and it stuck for one issue. <laughs> is this about what that happened? That is about what happened. <laughs> okay. For those of you who don't know, Brian David Marshall killed Captain America three years before it was cool. Yeah, yeah, it's true. It's true. I actually was just looking at that comic today. Yeah, it was yeah. drawn by Igor Corday, unfortunately. Yeah. So it's not surprising that you've never read it. <laughs> but you should go back and read it. There's some cool. He, he actually, there's actually some really cool pages in that. Where are we? Are we near John's house yeah, yet? Yeah, we are. Um, so there's actually some pretty cool pages in that book, but for the most part, he's just kind of. Yeah, realize they gave him like X Men. Yes, I've read all of these comics. I read them in paper. But so I'm moving. Did I tell you? So I'm, was it was it was X Men at that point? Igor Corday, every other issue with Ethan Van Scriver. Yes. And well, not so. That was so one uh, uh, one kind of sequence, but then they but it was like also like biweekly or something, yeah, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but then, then like they would do like five or six issues in a row that were all Chris Bacalo or or Frank Quitely. That seems better. Okay, so I mean, just, I mean I don't know. Like Matt loves Ethan Van Skyver. I'm like medium on him. I don't hate him. I don't hate him. But like Igor Corday can't carry the X Men. That's not. If, even if you think that Igor Corday is like a like, pretty serviceable like, artist, that's not. The I, right I think he. I think he's a very serviceable artist, actually. Like if I was doing like Nick Fury and the Howling Commandos. Yeah, but I would have him all over that. But if your but if your aesthetic is all telekinesis and and like butterfly energy coming out of somebody's eyes. No, you I would not have him do that. And, and I mean, just I would not put him on a Dazzler comic, yeah, like, for example. Like no offense to anything around this. If half of your characters are females, uh, female, I don't know, swimsuit models, basically, you don't want Igor Corday selling your books. That's the thing. Uh, it's just not the right artist pairing. Yeah, I agree. Um, otherwise, you might as well, you know, put them all in turtlenecks, which is actually what <laughs> what they did during the Morrison run. <laughs> like all of them were wearing turtlenecks all the time. Well, not White Queen, right. but the rest of them. Yeah. White Queen was like all-time height and make, nakedness. Uh, See, now this is a rabbit hole we could go down for a while. Like, yeah. Now, like, if you went to, like, classic X-Men lineup. Yeah. What magic decks would the, the X-Men play? What would Scott Summers play? What, whatever the weakest, most pathetic, <laughs> punch-me-in-the-face deck is. White Weenie, probably. But, you know, he would play, you know, Scott Summers is a merfolk guy. Scott Summers is He's Merfolk? Merfolk, for sure. But with no lords. <laughs> just like, just Merfolk Pearl Shriner. Jean Grey. Jean Grey would play like, uh, like, uh, I want to say, uh, she would play, she would play the, the Bant deck with, um, with Momentary Blink, but then that has Achroma, the red Achroma. <laughs> okay. Like, she can't even flip it without cheating. Yeah. <laughs> but then it's flipped, you know? Okay. You know that one? I do. I think that, that that's All right, one. what about... So who else? Wolverine. Logan. Canadian... Uh, he'd play uh, Canadian, Canadian Threshold. Threshold. Obviously. <laughs> so so would Laura. <laughs> uh, we're, going we're going classic lineup here. Okay. Colossus. I have a theory on Colossus. <laughs> uh, I was going to go Slivers. Slivers? Yeah. No, he, you know, he might play like Metalwork Colossus deck. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, he, he actually he has his deck. Okay, he, that's his deck, yeah, yeah. Nightcrawler. Bant. Of course he would play Bant. <laughs> oh, of course he would. Uh, Kitty. 
She would play like cats theme. She's gonna play a phasing deck. Oh, you're you not cats theme? Like she wouldn't play like. I mean, she could also. I mean, you know, maybe there's some phasing cats. Oh no, she when she's sprite, she could play a phasing deck. And when she's shadow cat, she could play a shadow deck. And when she when she's aerial, she could. No. Then she's playing Merfolk. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> she's playing Merfolk with Scott Summers, but she has lords. <laughs> So she island walks all over yeah, him. She crushes him. And then her island walk, her Lord of Atlantis can block his. Yeah. Oh no, no, he gets that. But anyway. It doesn't matter. She's just gonna crush him because he sucks and she's awesome. Uh, Rogue. I thought we were gonna, you think of Rogue as classic lineup? Uh, I don't think of her as classic. Because but... Dazzler is more classic lineup to me. Dazzler would play like a light theme deck. She would have like <laughs> she would have like sort of light and shadow. Like anything with light. She would that she would just have a theme deck, like yeah. a it's like she's like, look, it's just an F and M deck. Like, Charles, Charles is obviously playing the omniscient stack, also. Yeah, obviously. Which wouldn't Jean Grey just play the better omniscient stack? No, Jean Grey would play. She would play like the pre-tournament rules deck. That's just like Fireball, Channel, Black Lotus, Demonic Consultation. That's the deck she's playing. Yeah. Sometimes you lose. This is officially the nadir of nerdiness, right? Like aligning X-Men with magic decks? Or is it the zenith of nerdiness? I'm not sure. Alright, this is a really good Venn diagram. We'll know we'll know who loves us based on, based on the reaction. I'm tweeting about this tonight before this goes up, so. For sure. I mean What 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 magic decks with the Guardians of the Galaxy? Uh, I don't even know. So, That's an open. You can leave that question open. No. Gamora would play Icy Manipulator or Assassin. And it's so cheesy. For sure she would play that. Drax would play like a Vindicate deck. He would just have a lot of cards that just say the word destroy. Okay. Rocket Raccoon would play like, like I don't know, some sort of like green creature deck. Groot would play like a all basic forests. <laughs> it's just not like... <laughs> like 56, sixty sixty. No, 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 no. He's going to have... 56 basic forests, four dour dire, dour bark. <laughs> right? Like, his dour barks are so big. Yeah. Right? Yeah. But that's his whole deck. Like, I like four that. tree folk, 56 forests. I like this, yes. Yeah. Did we say Star Lord? I don't know what he would it's play. Star Lord's affinity. You think Star Lord's affinity? I think he might be affinity. No, he's like a pirate. He would play like a blue Ooh. piracy deck. He's playing Rishin and Cut Purses? Yes, he's pirates. Yes. Okay. Yes. That's Star Lord's deck. Foot pads. Yep. That's him. That's like him when he's young. Yeah, yeah. Like in like a cup purse. And then like, oh, sure. And then like the one that's like the 3-3 three, three flying bird or whatever. Yeah, that's yeah. like him when he has a starship. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's a 3-2 flying bird, by the way. Whatever it is, it's, it's in his deck. It's not that good. He's got like... Oh, it's not that he's good. He's got everything from eye to nowhere to boomerang. <laughs> set you up for his foot pad action. All right. Um, and yeah. I don't know. What other, what other guardians are there to talk about? Like, I mean... Well, there's some new ones, right? Like, there's Mantis now. Mantis and Yondu. So she, gets, she gets Mantis Rider. Oh, yeah. She's playing Jeskai. I think she also has Manta Rider. Yeah. <laughs> Manta Rider and Mantis Rider. Um, let's see. And then Yondu, I don't know what he, he would have. He's playing something with archers. Oh, okay. Obviously. Well, the Yondu in the movie just has, like, a pen, right? He has, like, no, a... It's like a, it's like a, it's like a, an arrow. I thought it was a pen. I thought it was an arrow that followed. Well, in the comic, he's just an archer, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and who else? And then 
what's it? Nebula, right? Is the new also new? Oh, uh, she would also play Royal Assassin Icy Manipulator because it's so cheesy. <laughs> why, why, why are they cheesy? I They're assassins. Oh, okay. Fine. They're assassins and she's like half robot. This is yeah. like literally the perfect wreck for her. Oh. Okay. What would, uh, what would Emma Frost play? Going back to X-Men for a second. I mean, is there like, is there like a, a deck that's about having the least possible clothes? <laughs> that, I, think, like, I mean, Emma Frost is like the classic classic of that in comics tropes, right? Yeah. It's not even, it's not even exploitative when it's her. That's just who she is. Or so it's probably, probably still so exploitative. exploitative. All right. Yeah. But that's fine. I don't know. I just love her. She's the best. Like all the jokes of her, like in the recent X Men comics, like recent over like the last few years, not like recent as in like last week, are that like she's just too old to act like this. They're like, oh really? Oh yeah. They're like, like you know, she's portrayed in like you know, she must be late thirties or you know something like that. For like she 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 was the boy queen of the Hellfire Club. She ran a school. And she was she's been an X Men teacher for years. You're just like you can't act like this anymore. Like, it's not that she's not beautiful or whatever, but, like, like get a new gig, right? right? And that's, like, her whole thing. And then, you know, all, you know, there's the separate cuckoos or whatever, and they're always like, yo, you're... <laughs> wrong decade, Emma. And so it's, like, funny. Like, and, like, if you look at how, like, Carrie Andrews draws her or whatever, like, she's still, like, attractive, but she's just lost quite a step. And she's like, okay. I can become diamond, you know? And you're like, yeah, in the 60s, like, this was a, this is a different thing for you. All right. well, but well, I think that's kind of a great... Way to like lens look at that character. One, one last one. Okay. Batman. Like he's just he's he's got my deck from from Grand Prix Charleston. <laughs> Remember the Bat Space deck that never lost. <laughs> A, I like never lost. Right. B, it was all bats. <laughs> I had that like two two bat for B W two that drains for two when it comes oh, into right, play right, with right. Haunt. The, the, right. I forget what that's called now, but same. Uh, but I mean, I just remember it was so awesome. I was playing Skeletal Vampire. Skeletal Vampire's ability on the stack was makes bats. You sacrifice a bat to regenerate it. My opponent, was, we're playing for like day two or something. He's just like lightning helix in response, like to the stack ability. And I'm like, okay, sacrifice this guy, haunt this guy. In response, he's like, that's a bat. And I'm like, yeah, you lost. <laughs> like, he's like, he's just like, he just like starts crying to his teammates. He's like, I'm so sorry. Like, I'm so sorry. I blew my now that thing's gonna kill us. And I'm like, yeah, and you're haunted. Don't forget you're haunted. This guy had a haunt. Where's John's house from here? John's right over there. Okay. I'm gonna go this way. Alright. So, alright, that's top eight magic. So we're gonna post a couple deck lists. Yeah. Well we're gonna post a theoretical uh, deck list for uh, new perspectives. Let's let's divide the effort this way. You make the deck lists, I'll make the graphics for Instagram. Go Brian, go! Yeah!